poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into The Bohemian Beat. I'm Rudy, with you for the next hour with poetry and music. Today, we will start with some Irish rebel music, a tradition dating back many centuries. This genre of music deals with historical events, describes the hardships of living under oppressive rule, and also expresses sentiments of solidarity, loyalty, and determination. Of course, there was praise for valiant heroes such as Joe MacDonald, who lived between 1951 and 1981, a volunteer in the Provisional Irish Republican Army, who died in the 1981 Irish Hunger Strike. Oh, my name is Joe MacDonald from Belfast town I came A city I will never see again For it's in the town of Belfast I spent many happy days I loved that town in oh so many ways for it's there I spent my boyhood And found for me a wife I then set out to make for her a life Oh, but all my young ambitions Met with bitterness and hate I soon found myself inside a prison gate And you dare to call me a terrorist As you look down your gun When I think of all of the deeds That you had done You had plundered many nations Divided many lands you would terrorize their peoples You rule with an iron hand And you brought this reign of terror To my land Through those many months internment On the Maidstone and Long Kesh I thought about my land 
throughout those days Why my country was divided Why I was now in jail Imprisoned without crime or without trial And though I love my country I am not a better man I've seen cruelty and injustice at first hand And so then, one fateful morning I shook full freedom's hand For right or wrong, I tried to free my land And you dare to call me a terrorist As you look down your gun When I think of all the deeds that you had done You had plundered many nations Divided many lands You would terrorize their peoples You rule with an iron hand And you brought this reign of terror to my land Then one cold October morning Trapped in the lion's den I found myself imprisoned once again I was committed to the heat blocks For fourteen years or more On the blanket, the conditions, they were poor Then a hunger strike we did commence for the dignity of man But it seemed to me That no one gave a damn I now I am a sad man I've seen my comrades die If only people cared Or wondered why and you dare to call me a terrorist As you look down your gun When I think of all the deeds that you had done You had plundered many nations Divided many lands You had terrorized their peoples You ruled with an iron hand And you brought this reign of terror To my land May God shine on you Bobby Sands For the courage you have shown May your glory and your fame Be widely known I and Francis Hughes and Ray McCreesh, who died unselfishly And Patsy O'Hara, and the next in line is me And those who lie behind me May your courage be the same And I pray to God 
our lives are not in vain. Ah, but sad and bitter was the year of 1981, when everything I've lost and nothing's won. And you dare to call me a terrorist as you look down your gun. When I think of all the deeds that you had done You had blundered many nations Divided many lands You had terrorized their peoples You ruled with an iron hand And you brought this reign of terror to my land Martin Herson died July 31st, age 24. Kevin Lynch died August 1st, age 25. Kieran Doherty died August 2nd, age 25. Thomas McElwee died August 8th, age 23. Maggie Devine died August 20th, age 27. That was The Davits with Joe MacDonald. Patrick Kavanagh, who lived between 1905 and 1967, was one of the major Irish poets of the 1900s. He was also a journalist and wrote fiction and highly praised autobiographical works. Kavanagh's best-known work is probably The Great Hunger, published in 1942, an epic poem that portrays the grim conditions of rural Ireland through the life of Patrick Maguire, a peasant who during the devastating famines of the mid-19th century postpones marriage and children while improving his small farm and increasing his meagre wealth. Gradually, Maguire realises that his own virtuous self-denial, his industriousness, devotion to an ageing mother and adherence to the moral teachings of the Catholic Church has led him to emotional desolation. Too old and too tied to his land, he will remain unmarried and isolated. A common fate in the island of Kavanagh's day. And this is an extract from The Great Hunger. Applause, applause, the curtain falls. Applause, applause, from the homing carts and the trees and the bawling cows at the gates, from the screeching water hens and the mill race heavy with the llamas' floods curving over the weir. A train at the station blowing off steam and the hysterical laughter of the defeated everywhere. Night and the futile cards are shuffled again. Maguire spreads his legs over the impotent cinders that wake no manhood now and he hardly looks to see which card is trump. His sister tightens her legs and her lips and frizzles up like the wick of a nihilist lamp. The curtain falls. Applause, applause. 
want to talk about Ireland. Specifically, I want to talk about the famine, about the fact that there never really was one. There was no famine. See, Irish people were only allowed to eat potatoes. All of the other food, meat, fish, vegetables, were shipped out of the country under armed guard to England while the Irish people starved. And then, in the middle of all this, they gave us money not to teach our children Irish. And so we lost our history. And this is what I think is still hurting me. You see, we're like a child that's being battered, has to drive itself out of its head because it's frightened, still feels all the painful feelings. But they lose contact with the memory. And this leads to massive self-destruction, alcoholism, drug addiction, all desperate attempts at running and in its worst form becomes actual killing and if there ever is gonna be healing there has to be remembering and then grieving so that there then can be forgiving there has to be knowledge and understanding all the lonely people says you mustn't kill more than 10% of a nation because to do so causes permanent psychological damage. It's not permanent, but they didn't know that. Anyway, during the supposed famine, we lost a lot more than 10% of our nation through deaths on land or in ships of emigration. But what finally broke us was not starvation, but its use in the controlling of our education. Schools go on about Black 47, on and on about the terrible famine. But what they don't say is in truth, there really never was. Statistics of child abuse in the EEC, and we say we're a Christian country, but we've lost contact with our history. See, we used to worship God as a mother. We're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Look at all our old men in the pubs. Look at all our young people on drugs. We used to worship God as a mother. Now look at what we're doing to each other. We've even made killers of ourselves, the most childlike trusting people in the universe. And this is what's wrong with us. Our history books, the parent figures lied to us. I see the Irish as a race like a child that got itself bashed in the face. And if there ever is gonna be healing, there has to be remembering and then grieving so that there then can be forgiving. There has to be knowledge and understanding.
our traditions. Everyone here knows who he is and what God expects him to do. You are listening to The Bohemian Beat, broadcasting nationally since 2007 across the community radio network. We just heard Sinead O'Connor with Famine, and before that, Patrick Kavanagh reading from his epic poem, The Great Hunger. This next poem, A Man I Knew, was actually written in memory of Patrick Kavanagh and is by Brendan Kennelly, an Irish poet and novelist. I want no easy grave, he said to me, where those who hated me can come and stare, slip down upon a servile knee, muttering their phony public prayer. In the wilds of Norfolk I'd like to lie, no commemorative stone, no sheltering trees, far from the hypocrite's tongue and eye, safe from the praise of my enemies. A man I knew who seemed to me the epitome of chivalry was constantly misunderstood. The heart's dialogue with God was his life's theme and he explored its depths assiduously and without rest. Therefore, he spat on every shoddy value that blinded men to their true destiny. The evil power of mediocrity, the safety of the barren pose, all that distorted natural grace, which is to say, almost everything. Once he asked the girl to sing a medieval ballad. As her voice rang out, she was affronted by some interfering lout. This man I knew spat in his face and wished him to the floor of hell. I thought then, and still think it well, that man should wear the spittle of disgrace for violating certain laws. Now I recall my friend because he lived according to his code and in his way was true to God. Courage he had and was content to be himself, whatever came his way. There is no other chivalry. And that was a piece by Jar Wobble's Invaders of the Heart called A Man I Knew, based on a poem by Brendan Kennelly. Another Irish poet is Pordrick Collum, who lived between 1881 and 1972. He was also a writer, playwright and collector of folklore. This next piece by Collum is called Old Woman of the Roads. And now I'm going uh, to read the piece that is uh, the most popular of all I have written, at least to judge of how often it appears, to judge by how often it appears in anthologies of poetry. It is An Old Woman of the Roads. It's a poem about an old woman 
who has no house of her own, who takes her rest and shelter in other people's houses. Uh, the time this was written, there were many such people on the roads in Ireland. Uh, what they are in the Irish house, the centre is the fireplace, the hearth, on which the turf or peat sods are burning, and one who wanders the roads would naturally look towards a house that would have such a hearth. Oh, to have a little house, to own the hearth and stool and all, the heaped-up sods upon the fire, the pile of turf against the wall, to have a clock with weights and chains and pendulums swinging up and down, a dresser filled with shining delf, speckled and white and blue and brown. I could be busy all the day clearing and sweeping hearth and floor and fixing on the shelf again my white and blue and speckled store. I could be quiet there at night beside the fire and by myself sure of a bed and loath to leave the ticking clock and the shining dell. Ah, but I'm weary of mist and dark and roads where there's never a house nor bush and tired I am of bog and road and the crying wind and the lonesome hush and I am praying to God on high and I am praying him night and day for a little house, a house of my own, out of the winds and the rain's way. Lorenz, Kach, Gott, Euer, Tokel, Fein. 
is the Bohemian Beat and that was Anne Martin with Oren Leanne on Sea and before that Pordrick Collum reading his poem Old Woman of the Roads. Pordrick Collum was one of the leading figures of the Irish literary revival, a movement associated with a revival of interest in Ireland's Gaelic heritage and the growth of Irish nationalism from the middle of the 19th century. William Butler Yeats was a driving force behind the movement. This next poem, Ephemera by Yeats, considers if it's possible to love forever or for only a moment. Ephemera. Your eyes that once were never weary of mine are bowed in sorrow under pendulous lids because our love is waning and then she. Although our love is waning, let us stand by the lone border of the lake once more, together in that hour of gentleness, when the poor tired child passion falls asleep. How far away the stars seem, and how far is our first kiss, and ah, how old my heart. Pensive, they paced along the faded leaves, while slowly he whose hand held hers replied, Passion has often worn our wandering hearts. The woods were round them, and the yellow leaves fell like faint meteors in the gloom, and once a rabbit, old and lame, limped down the path. Autumn was over him, and now they stood on the lone border of the lake once more. Turning, he saw that she had trussed dead leaves gathered in silence, dewy as her eyes, in bosom and in hair. Ah, do not mourn, he said, that we are tired, for other loves await us. Hate on and love through unrepining hours, before us lies eternity. Our souls are love and a continual farewell. So 
night and I've watched And I sage Thor Sorrow and towers have been built out of longing. Great wonders have been willed. They're only little tears, darling. Let them spill and lay your head upon my shoulder. Outside my window. with Are You The One That I've Been Waiting For? And before that, Tony Deffley and Ernest Lyons performing the poem Ephemera by William Butler Yeats. Yeats's poetry was deeply influenced by Irish folklore. This next piece is a tale about O'Sheen, the greatest poet of Ireland. O'Sheen and Tiernanog. O'Sheen loved poetry, music, and song. When he was 20 years old, he was the best-loved poet in Ireland. People came from every province just to hear him read and sing. One day, a beautiful young maiden came to hear his poems. She had bright blue eyes and long golden hair. Her skin was as clear and fresh as a rose petal. Her dress was made of the finest silk. Her cloak was embroidered with emeralds and jewels. She wore silver shoes with golden buckles. She rode the finest white horse 
that was ever seen in Ireland. Her name was Princess Neve. She had travelled very far from the land of Tirnanog. Tirnanog was a magical land far out beyond the Western Sea. In this land, no one ever grew old. It was a land where the sun never set and the rain never fell. Tirnanog was the land of eternal happiness. Day after day, Niamh listened to Ushin's poems and songs. Soon she fell in love with him. Ushin fell in love with Niamh, and they were both very happy. Soon the time came for Niamh to return to Tirnanog. She begged Ushin to go with her to Tirnanog. She told him he would never grow old and that he would be happy forever. Because he loved Neve so dearly, Ushin agreed to go with her to Tirnanog. There was much sadness when the people of Ireland waved goodbye to Ushin and Neve. Before long, the great white horse was carrying them off to the west. With just a few galloping strides, they reached the coast at Connemara. Then the horse galloped over the tops of the waves and off out to sea. When Oshin looked back, Ireland had disappeared below the horizon. In no time at all, they reached the magical land of Tirnanog. The king and queen of Tirnanog welcomed Oshin to his new home. They had heard much about Ashin and his poetry. They were happy to have him as their son-in-law. The next day, Niamh and Ashin were married. The wedding feast was the finest ever seen. Everyone in Ternanog was invited. Just as in Ireland, everyone in Ternanog loved Ashin. Both he and Niamh were very happy. When one year had gone by, Ushin wanted to visit Ireland one more time. He wanted to see his father, who was Finn McCool. One day, Ushin told Niamh of his plan. She was very deeply troubled. She feared Ushin might never return from Ireland. When Ashin promised he would return, Neve agreed to let him go. Be very careful, warned Neve, and do not touch the ground in Ireland. If you do, you will never again return to Tirnanog. When it was time for Ashin to go, Neve warned him again. Do not dismount from the great white horse. He will bring you back safely to Tirnanog. Neve was very sad as she waved goodbye to Ashin. Before long, Ashin and the great white horse were on their way back to Ireland. Once more, they galloped over the tops of the waves. 
Soon the coast of Connemara came into view. When they reached Ireland, Ashin could not recognize the land. Everything had changed. The great plains where Ashin and Finn and the Fianna had roamed were gone. The great Fianna fortresses were in ruins. They were overgrown with briars and brambles. The people's dress had changed. Ashin asked about Finn and the Fianna. They have been dead for hundreds of years, the people told him. Then Ashin understood what had happened. One day in Tirnanog was the same as a year in Ireland. Ashin had been away for more than 300 years. Sadly, he turned back for Tirnanog. On the way, he met some men struggling to move a heavy stone. The men asked Ashin to help. Ashin did not refuse. He reached down from his saddle and picked up the stone with one hand. The men were astonished at Ashin's great strength. Suddenly, the saddle girth snapped. Ashin fell from his horse. The moment Ashin touched the ground, he changed. He was no longer a handsome young prince. Instead, he had turned into a withered old man. The great white horse took fright. It galloped back to Tirnanog and was never seen in Ireland again.
The Chieftains and the Civil Wars with Lily Love. And before that, an Irish legend by Brendan O'Reilly called A Shin and Tiernanog. And we have time for one more poet, Patrick Pierce, who lived between 1879 and 1916. He was an Irish poet, writer, teacher, barrister, and nationalist. He was one of the leaders of the Irish Easter Rebellion in 1916. He and 14 other nationalists were executed for their part in the uprising. Pierce was born in Dublin and he worked hard to promote the use of the Irish language and in 1908 he founded a school, St Edna's, in which all of the pupils spoke Irish. This next piece by Pierce is called The Rebel. The Rebel. I am come of the seed of the people, the people that sorrow, that have no treasure but hope, no riches laid up but a memory of an ancient glory. My mother bore me in bondage, in bondage my mother was born. I am of the blood of serfs, the children with whom I have played, the men and women with whom I have eaten have had masters over them, have been under the lash of masters, and, though gentle, have served churls. The hands that have touched mine, the dear hands whose touch is familiar to me, have worn shameful manacles, have been bitten at the wrist by manacles, have grown hard with the manacles and the task work of strangers. I am flesh of the flesh of these lowly. I am born of their bone. I that have never submitted. I that have a soul greater than the souls of my people's masters. I that have vision and prophecy and the gift of fiery speech. I that have spoken with God on the top of his holy hill. And because I am of the people, I understand the people. I am sorrowful with their sorrow. I am hungry with their desire. My heart has been heavy with the grief of mothers. My eyes have been wet with the tears of children. I have yearned with old wistful men and laughed or cursed with young men. Their shame is my shame, and I have reddened for it. Reddened for that they have served, they who should be free. Reddened for that they have gone in want while others have been full. Reddened for that they have walked in fear of lawyers and of their jailers with their writs of summons and their handcuffs, men mean and cruel. Oh, I could have borne stripes on my body rather than this shame of my people. And now I speak, being full of vision. 
I speak to my people and I speak in my people's name to the masters of my people. I say to my people that they are holy, that they are august despite their chains, that they are greater than those that hold them and stronger and purer, that they have but need of courage and to call on the name of their God. God the unforgetting, the dear God who loves the peoples for whom he died naked, suffering shame. And I say to my people's masters, beware. Beware of the thing that is coming. Beware of the risen people who shall take what ye would not give. Did ye think to conquer the people? Or that law is stronger than life and than men's desire to be free? We will try it out with you, ye that have harried and held, ye that have bullied and bribed, tyrants, hypocrites, liars. <laughs> So go on home, British soldiers, go on home. Have you got no bloody homes of your own? For eight hundred years we fought you without fear, and we'll fight you for eight hundred more. If you stay, British soldiers, if you stay, you'll never ever beat the IRA. Those fourteen men in Derry are the last that you will bury. So take a tip and leave us while you may. So go on home, British soldiers, go on home. Have you got no bloody homes of your own? For eight hundred years we fought you without fear, and we'll fight you for eight hundred more. We're not British, we're not Saxon, we're not English. We're Irish and proud we are to be. So take your Union Jack, we want our country back. We want to see old Ireland free once more. So go on home, British soldiers, go on home. Have you got no bloody homes of your own? For eight hundred years we fought you without fear. And we'll fight you for eight hundred more. While we're fighting British soldiers for the cause. We'll never bow to soldiers because Throughout our history we were born to be free So get out, British soldiers, give us peace So go on home, British soldiers, go on home Have you got no bloody homes of your own? For eight hundred years we fought you without fear And we'll fight you for eight hundred more so go on home, British soldiers, go on home. Have you got no bloody homes of your own? For eight hundred years we fought you without fear, and we'll fight you for eight hundred more. You are listening to the Bohemian Beat, and that was the Davits with Go Home, British Soldiers. And before that, Michael MacLeamore reading The Rebel by the Irish poet Patrick Pierce. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show today, and check out thebohemianbeat.com for more information. And please drop us a line, as it's always great hearing from you. 
Tune in again next week for more adventures through the theatre of your mind. We will end with Simple Minds, Belfast Child. Thank you for joining me on the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready. to me Meet me down by the gallow tree For it's sad news I bring About this old town and all that it's offering Some say troubles abound Someday soon they're gonna pull the old town down One day we'll return here When the Belfast child sings again Brothers, sisters, where are you now? As I look for you right through the crowd All my life here I've spent With my faith in God and church and the government Some say troubles about Soon they're gonna pull the old town down One day we'll return here When the Belfast child sings again
Again. When the Belfast child sings again. 